Hello and welcome to season five of Librarians with Lattes. I cannot believe I'm saying that. Season five. I'm your host, Amanda Lau, Outreach and Marketing Librarian here at the University Libraries at UAlbany. I am joined by no one today. It is just me, and we're going to talk about Banned Books Week because currently, as I am talking to you, it is September 22nd. Um, and we're at the end of Banned Books Week, which is celebrated by the American Library Association uh, September 18th through the 24th, 2022, so this year. Sometimes it's earlier, sometimes it's later. It really depends. But this is when it is this year. Uh, we'll talk about a couple different things. If This is kind of reminiscent, actually, of the very first episode of Librarians of Lattes, where I sat down with Karina Ricker to talk about banned books and censorship. So if you haven't listened to that episode, our very, very first one, go back and listen to that. As you could tell, this is something I'm very passionate about because here I am talking about it again. Um, but I think it's important to talk about and I'll tell you why. You know, we already have, we're, in, we're towards the end of 2022, but we already have more challenges and bans uh, issued for the year 2022 than last year um, that's being reported. It's it's kind of wild. Uh, in 2021, there were 729 challenges that the American Library Association Office of Intellectual Freedom uh, knew about. So those are the ones that were reported, and that affected over 1,500 books, which is just, again, a, a wild, crazy number to think about and wrap your head around that there are folks that want over 1,500 books taken from the shelves. Now, that number uh, is what we know about. There are definitely silent challenges uh, that occur um, that are not reported to the American Library Association. So there's, there's so many more that we're not even hearing about. With that being said, um, a little bit about Banned Books Week. So the American Library Association, again, ALA, uh, ban says Banned Books Week celebrates the freedom to read and spotlights current and historical attempts to censor books in libraries and schools. For 40 years, the annual event has brought together the entire book community, community librarians, booksellers, publishers, journalists, teachers, and readers of all types. It shared support of the freedom to seek and to express ideas ideas, even those some consider unorthodox or unpopular. The books featured during Band's book, Band Books Week have all been targeted for removal or restriction in libraries and schools. And by focusing on efforts across the country to remove or restrict access to books, Band Books Week draws national attention to the harms of censorship. They also go on further to say most targeted books were or are about Black or LGBTQA persons, um, which is true. So this year, uh, they decided to theme Banned Books Week, Books Unite versus Censorship Divides Us, which is true. Censorship does divide us. It causes divisiveness uh, and creates barriers for readers. So a little bit about the statistics. I think this stuff is interesting, and I'm glad that the American Library Association uh, collects these statistics for us to look at. So some of these, so uh, censorship by the numbers, right? So when we look at the, the last year, so 2021, 
and who initiates challenges, 39% uh, parents. And this makes sense when you think about it because challenges take place as of 2021 anyway, 44% of those challenges take place in school libraries, 37% public libraries, 18% schools. Um, The lowest percent is academic other, which is only 1%. So who... Uh, is attending these places. We have students, minors, uh, and their parents have a say over what they are consuming. However, one parent doesn't have say over what all the other children are reading. You can definitely say what your child can read, but but not everybody's, right? Um, and that's another part of the issue. Uh, the reasons why, uh, top reasons from 2021, Uh, that folks are trying to challenge or move these books or hide them um, because they consider them sexually explicit, which ties into LGBTQA things. Uh, If you look at some of the reasons for the top 10 uh, banned and challenged books of 2021, a lot of them have LGBTQIA themes. Um, One of the top books from last year, All Boys Aren't Blue, uh, the author has been accused of essentially writing pornography. Uh, The author is gay. The book is about his queer experience as a black man. Um, And it's kind of absurd to think about um, because if we look at a book about a heteronormative experience, um, people don't take as much issue with that uh, than they do the uh, homosexual experience. Uh, so something to ponder, right? Um, other things uh, that have been brought up for um, banning and challenging books, critical race theory, the hate you give is on the list again, um, because folks are saying that it's anti-police and if folks are teaching it in their class, it usually coincides with critical race theory. That goes into that, you know, 10% of uh, political religious groups that are initiating these challenges. Um, other things, uh, yes, the word woke is used uh, in this word cloud I'm looking at. Racist content, bleak, occult, totally evil, anti-Semitic, pedophilia, grooming, abortion, white privilege, uh, use of derogatory teen uh, term for African-Americans, indoctrinating children. That's a huge one, especially, again, um, for anything that that's viewed anti-police, critical race theory, LGBTQIA. Um, I, I love that bleak is on here, uh, especially if you look at past uh, top challenge books, the, the Diary of a Young Girl, Anne Frank, uh, makes it onto there quite a few times for saying that it is too sad it is too sad. Um, so we can't read things that are too sad, right? Um, or true, things that are based on history. Um, I think it's also good to look at books and beyond. And ALA does give us uh, the, these statistics for it not just being books. So challenges, 82% are books, graphic novels, and textbooks. 5% are actually programs and meeting rooms. 4% account for displays and exhibits. So you think of any pride display, that's probably what that 4% uh, compromises. You can go and look at news articles and you'll see a lot of things around uh, communities wanting pride displays taken down. Not even full communities, one or two members of communities. Um, 2% films, 7% others. So that includes filtering access, databases, magazines, online resources, artwork, social media, music, pamphlets, student publications, on and on. So that's that 7%. But the majority are books. Um, 
This past week, uh, we talked about queer books in particular. The top book in the um, top 10 challenged list this past year was Gender Queer uh, by Maya Gobabe. And that is about the non-binary experience and is a graphic novel. Now, it does have images um, that some would deem graphic, but it's nothing like crazy. Like, you might see some genit- like drawings of genitalia, but nothing like, again, go see for yourself. It's nothing too ab- absurd, especially for teens, um, in my opinion. Uh, but this book has been really in the news. As of, I think, the 19th, there was a news story out of Maine, a district up there that was trying to ban genderqueer. Uh, There is a court case going on in Virginia of folks trying to sue Barnes & Noble uh, to get them to remove it or have students have written permission or minors have written permission to, to purchase the book. And you'll hear a lot of that. Uh, again, just look up a news article and you'll see, uh, folks with these different challenges. Another book that's on there, um, that is old at this point, um, is this book is gay by Juno Dawson. And that is kind of like the homosexual version of sex education book. Um, it deals with, uh, any of those, questions that you want answered as you're exploring your identity and your orientation. And it's very um, reader friendly. Uh, When you're a teen, you're middle school, you have questions, you're starting to have feelings for other folks. Um, And this book is just a very approachable way to, to deal with some of those topics, especially if you are a queer kid, you might not feel comfortable talking to your parents or you're not sure of how you identify, and you might not want to talk to friends. So why not turn to a book um, that's well thought out to help you answer some of those questions about yourself? But again, (laughs) um, there are people with different political religious viewpoints that took issue with this book and thought that it was unsuitable. Um, So that is on the list from last year. And then, of course, there are the old staples that we see appearing on these lists time and time again, um, like the absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian that has been on past books or past lists for like the past decade. We saw the bluest eye on here again, unfortunately. It keeps on coming up. Toni Morrison, also one of her other books, Beloved has been on the top list in the past. So those are two reoccurring ones. Uh, Mirror on the Dying Girl, I think, has also been on here in the past. Uh, so there, these books just it just keeps on coming up, right? Um, the reasons for uh, Sherman Alexie's book, The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian, that was banned and challenged for profanity, sexual references, and use of a derogatory term. Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl was for uh, it was uh, being considered sexually explicit and degrading to women. And The Blue Eye continues to be brought up because it depicts child sexual abuse and was considered sexually explicit. I think it's important to note that a lot of the people that issue these challenges have not even read the books in question. They might have caught a snippet 
um, but they are not getting the context that anything is in. Uh, sometimes they go off titles. Sometimes they go off of the synopsis of the book, um, and that helps them make the them uh, make their decision as to why they think that other people shouldn't be reading it. Again, if I count um, how many books on this list are about LGBTQIA plus people, uh, let's see, Gender Queer, Lawn Boy, All Boys Aren't Blue, This Book is Gay, and Beyond Magenta. That's one, two, three, four, five. That's five, so half, over half, uh, at just at half are involved with LGBTQIA people. So that's a little on this year um, and some of the reasons and the statistics. Um, We just started here at the University Libraries a banned books club, and I'm super, super excited about this. Essentially, what what we will be doing is every month we're going to pick a banned book um, and use it as our book club's book of the month, um, essentially. And the plan is to hopefully have programming tied in with the book uh, and then have a discussion at the end of the month on the themes, why it was has been banned, uh, that kind of thing. So this month was Looking for Alaska by John Green. It was the most challenged book of 2015, and it was also challenged in 2014. John Green has been very explicit in talking about um, how absurd it was that this book has been um, banned or challenged. It has been um, the folks in his hometown. It was an article recently on Book Riot. The books in his own hometown, his own high school that he graduated from, are trying to ban his book. And he goes on in a TikTok saying it blows his mind that some of the people that are at these board meetings are people that he went to middle school with. So just keep it like, you know, that in mind too. That's that's kind of wild, I guess, for from an author's perspective. But he has two videos, one from 2008, I believe, where he talks about a school district here in New York that actually uh, was looking to ban his book um, because they considered it pornography. And this is for one description um, about a failed sex attempt and maybe some other descriptions of intimacy. And then he has a more recent video where he talks about looking for Alaska and much like I said earlier, how folks probably haven't even read his book, but they are trying to ban it and make it not accessible um, for people to read. It's a really great book. It, I have it in front of me right now. It won um, a Prince Prize and it was John Green's first book. Uh, Go ahead and read Looking for Alaska. Um, Let me just read the back so you can know what it's about as well. So before Miles Pudge Holter is done with his safe life at home, his whole existence has been one big non-event and his obsession with famous last words has only made him crave the great perhaps uh, Francois Rabelais poet even more. He heads off to the sometimes crazy, possibly unstable, and anything but boring world of Culver Creek boarding school, and his life becomes the opposite of safe. Because down the hall is Alaska Young, the gorgeous, clever, funny, sexy, self-destructive, screwed up, and utterly fascinating Alaska Young, who is an event onto herself. She pulls Pudge into her world, launches him into the great perhaps, and steals his heart. After, nothing is ever the same. 
So this book also has a really interesting narrative structure too. It follows um, the before and then after and then in the middle, a life-changing event that happens to our protagonist. Go ahead and read this book. What we have lined up, hopefully, um, for the next months of this Band Books Club, October, you all know I love spooky things. So we will be talking about Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by Alvin Schwartz with the original illustrations by Steve Gemmel. Um, it was the most banned book of the 90s, uh, mainly because um, the illustrations and you could probably guess why a lot of people wanted it out of the reach of their children, the occult, the all the stories are basically urban legends or some kind of folklore um and folks didn't like that nothing horror related so definitely join us next month for that i am hoping to screen the documentary that was also done on this series as well as the movie tie-in uh that was created uh, i think in 2019 20, either 2019, 2018, the movie uh, Scary Stories Tell Dark came out as well. Um, it basically follows a group of teens um, that try to stop a witch that is supposedly writing all these stories uh, from the actual Scary Stories Tell Dark books. Um, there might be another movie coming out for that. I'm not sure. If you know, definitely tell me. Uh, in November, we're looking forward to reading uh, The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Um, that one is without explanation, probably, for why it's uh, come up uh, on the top challenge lists, uh, especially in today's political climate. And I know it's been on there in the past decade, so um, we're going to be... We're going to be reading that and discussing it in November. December and January, we're going to take a pause, and then we'll be back in the spring for more Band of Books Club. So those are the two books uh, for this semester, um, with the exception of, of Looking for Alaska, which is this month. For The Handmaid's Tale, I think we might have some tie-ins. There is the show. Maybe we'll uh, have a discussion on the show and the differences um, between that, how things are portrayed. I think there's also a movie that might have been created in the 90s or 80s that we might also screen. We'll see. We'll see. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Um, but I'm excited by the prospects of this book club. I think it's going to be an absolute blast. Um, so yeah, everybody keep on reading banned books when you see censorship of these materials, challenge it. Be the voice. If you are in a district and you hear that these challenges are happening, stand by the students that are more than likely fighting against it. Um, if you see this happening at your public library, again, be a, the voice for this. Go to uh, a trustees meeting and make your voice heard because I guarantee you there are more people that stand for the freedom to read than those that are trying to restrict it. You just need to make your voice heard. With that, 
being said. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I've been reading. Oh, and I forgot to tell you what I'm drinking. Usually we start off that way. What am I drinking today? Well, I tried to get um, a hibiscus apple cider from Argo Tea on campus, uh, but they were all out, which made me really, really sad. So I got a hibiscus lemonade, which also is delicious. Um, other than that, I've just been drinking water. Uh, what, I might, what I've been reading lately? Well, I've been utilizing ILL uh, like crazy in our library alone, um, because though we have graphic novels, we never have the ones that I want to read. So, uh, I recently through interlibrary alone got a graphic novel, uh, called Maw by Judd Ellison S. Doyle, A.L. Kaplan, and Fabiana Mascolo. And I'll read the back to you. Uh, Marian Angela Weber accompanies her sister Wendy to a feminist retreat on a remote island seeking perspective and empowerment, but a disastrous first night leaves Marion frightfully changed. In the aftermath of the assault, Marion begins to transform as an unspeakable hunger crawls through her body. When the townsfolk recognize there's something different about Marion, they react with suspicion, then violence, while ignoring the monsters already among them. Um, the illustrations are great in this. Uh, I would probably definitely re recommend checking that out. Um, we do... Like I mentioned, we do have a graphic novels collection. And recently, I'm so excited about this. Uh, on the first floor of the university library, um, we have that popular reading collection uh, that has all kinds of more recent leisure kind of read materials, fiction, nonfiction. But now we also have a companion section right next door to that just for a browsable graphic novel collection. Now, this isn't all our graphic novels in our collection, but it is a chunk of them now that you, you can just peruse through and find a graphic novel to read. And of course, you can always search our catalog to see if we own something. Uh, but go and check that out. It's been lovely getting caught up with everyone. Look forward to October. Again, Banned Books uh, Club. And hopefully we'll also have Ray Molstock, Dr. Ray Molstock, joining us again in October to talk space uh, and horror and the film festival that happens in October. Um, so look forward to that. Again, thank you all so much for sticking with us. Cannot believe this is season five. Uh, to all our Librarians with Lattes listeners, I'll see you next time. As always, I'm Amanda Lau. And if you haven't been able to get to the libraries lately, what are you waiting for? We hope to see you soon.